Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hello, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And today we're going to do a show on the market, the economy, personal finance, just all kinds of economic factors. And it's been a couple of weeks since we've spoken to our guest, Robert Kudla from Trade Genius, and uh, it just never fails. Every two weeks, we have a whole new plethora of issues. I've never seen things move this fast. I remember we used to have to hunt for stories in my early days. Now, we get too many to show up on our doorstep, and we have to pick and choose what we cover. And unfortunately, the news is not all good. But we're here to help you navigate some of the troubled waters here and give you some options on how you can best handle your financial situation today, given the incompetent leadership we have been coming out of Washington. Bob, welcome to the show. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to even know where to start because inflation's out of control and we can't call it transitory anymore, the lie they tried to tell us. Um, we've got chaos with Middle East oil going on right now that could affect our supply. And, of course, there's the ongoing problem in Ukraine and the related issues with fertilizer and wheat and so forth. And Okay, so in the midst of this morass, where would you like to begin? Well, I, I think now, you know, those are all first-order events, right? And, you know, and you and I have talked about these exhaustively over the last 18 months. And everybody knows, look, all this stuff actually took off from the day that Joe Biden was um, anointed as president in November. And and so uh, this, is, this pattern is expected, but now we've reached what I call the second-order effects. So... We created this environment where we have um, where we have a a, um, a supply crunch created by uh, by the pandemic, but the pandemic didn't cause the supply crunch. It was the policy initiatives that surrounded it. Okay, and then then they followed it up with the uh, uh, the oil supply problem, which again two policy choices. One was them trying to restrict supply in the country to get people to move the renewables. And the secondly, they're using the Russian, uh, you know, invasion into Ukraine as a second order event for that. And, and so supply has not changed at all in the country around the world. And demand has been creeping up, but price of oil now is up 150% since Biden took over primarily because now speculators are correctly expecting further supply constraints and and policy decisions that are going to keep us from going back to normal price oil. Now, yes. that's oil in and of itself, you know, hey, I can deal with it. It's going to cost me a couple hundred dollars more to fill my tank, but that's not where it ends. So one thing about oil, it has um, natural gas as part of it, propane is part of it, Okay. So natural gas is also expensive right now, and it's going to remain so. The United States has a lot of natural gas. It's cheap, but but Europe has no doesn't have natural gas because they're cut off from Russia now. And so guess what? We're going to be now freezing our natural gas, liquefying it, and we're going to be sending it over to Europe. So they're arbitraging the prices. So we get to pay for Europe's inability to create their own sources of natural gas, or protective sources and not rely on dictatorships 
and but we get to pay for that privilege now at higher natural gas prices. And, okay, Bob. So so what about that? Well, natural gas is used in about a gazillion things. Okay, you, you know it's it's used to make polyesters. It's used to make fertilizer. Oh my. Okay. So there's yeah. two components to fertilizer, right? One is the potash that gets mined out of the ground, right? And then you have urea, you know, and ammonia that is is generated through the chemical, you know, extraction through natural gas converting it into ammonium and converting it into urea and which is one and the same. And so you have, um, and that's used on a lot of crops, okay? And so now you have, and that's nitrogen. So nitrogen and potash, right? You know, the, the, when people talk about, you know, they also put calcium in there as well. You know, you can read your little fertilizer, you know, on your Miracle Grow bottle at home, the, you know, the, the top three things, right? So two of those are in great deficit right now. And, and so it's going to cause a big change in in the food dynamic there is a chart I wish I would have remembered giving it to you um, uh, I'll try to find it and you can put on another another podcast at, at, at your leisure is that uh, where Russia Ukraine who they export their wheat to and it's primarily to Africa so now two things are going to happen one is going to be less going to those parts of the world number one and number two is, you know, Russia is going to extract concessions out of, hey, we'll sell you the wheat, but we need you to unalign with the West. Okay, and guess what Africa has? Africa has strategic minerals. Okay, so it's going to be used as a weapon. It's also going to be a club that's going to club these people into uh, food, uh, food shortage images. So that's number one. Number two on that, China is in fertilizer deficit. Okay. Now China's not North Africa. China has a lot of foreign reserves. So they're going to try to buy the world out of the grains that they may need if they're going to have shortfalls next year because they can't get enough fertilizer in the ground. Okay. And so you have a situation now where you'll, and then the greatest sucking sound is going to come out of Australia, United States, and South America, right? Australia and China already have issues with each other. So uh, I don't know if money will talk louder, right? Same with America. You know, we uh, they they buy a lot of our coin, a lot of our soybeans, a lot of our pig, right? And then you got South America, which is both Argentina and Brazil are basically designed as grain exporting countries because they make so much more food than their population requires, and so they're having problems. Though Argentina has cut off the export of their grains. Okay, and Brazil's been having issues with production levels. So we may have a perfect storm uh, coming at us here in the next, um, right now, what's it? It's, it's, going into, it's going into April, right? So we're going to probably be what I would call, I'm quoting here, uh, okay for, for 2022. We're going to see increased prices of food. But going into 2023, it's going to be, I think things are going to become very problematic. Okay, i.e., there, there's probably going to be famine in the world, all right? And because all the supplies that are being being stored right now will be sucked out of the system, and we're going to be running a deficit uh, in, in production. So that's a problem, and it'll be an opportunity. When we talk opportunities, I'll tell you where you can trade those, okay? But right now, that's a problem for the world. And we're starting to see Ukraine, not Ukraine, excuse me, you're starting to see... Um, Romania, Hungary, Argentina, and obviously Russia, and, and by default now Ukraine, are not exporting grains. So you're going to start seeing around the world, you're going to start seeing countries that normally export food are going to get more cautious because they don't want to run out of food for their own people. And it'll be really interesting to see what happens in the United States. Australia is not so much an issue because their population is relatively low, same with South America. All eyes on us and Canada right to see if if if, if they're going to suck us out of grain or or if we're going to start seeing export controls here in, in the United States as well because you know it's going to become food's going to become very expensive here in the United States because we're used to not exporting natural gas and oil and food at levels that we're going to see 
going forward, and that just means the American people are going to pay more for the privilege of exporting. And so uh, that's the big thing that I see as a second-order event on the inflation and food front, but that's not the only one. This administration is not even dealing with this, are they? No, they no, because they're too busy seeing, sensing how they could turn this into an opportunity for for their side, if you will. Yeah, I got it. I know what you're saying, but um, yeah, anything to do with energy is going in the back pocket. I, I this is just incredible incompetence with leadership. But but forget the leadership for a second. Do you have any idea how to quantify how bad it could get for America? Well, yeah, look, you know, it's, it's interesting. I don't know if, and if I repeat myself, just let me know, because you and I talk fairly often, is that, um, you know, everybody's talking about inflation running at 5%. We had a PP, PPI of 9%. Well, the Congress just approved um, uh, pay raises for their congressional staff at 20, 20.8%. So we know inflation's running at 20%. And so uh, I think food prices are going to probably be, you know, in that range. Right now, if if you're smart, get the Costco because so farmers know that when grain gets very expensive, they won't be able to feed it to their animals. So they're probably taking a lot of them to market right now. So you get these you get these temporary dips in meat prices when these things happen. So if you look at pork prices right now, they're they're really good. Beef prices are really good um, relative to the past six months. But going into summer and going into next year, you're going to see prices at all-time highs for for all all sorts of protein. You know, the whack jobs at the WEF and the New World Order, are, are they're telling you to eat bugs. And now they came out and told us that we should get used to eating lentils, except the idiots forgot that lentil prices are double, too. So, um, you know, it's amazing. And you know why they, they're talking lentils is because if you can't put – you can't put uh, nitrogen in with fertilizer. You have to have nitrogen fixing crops, right? And so, um, so you're going to see, you know, up in Canada, you know, where they can grow wheat and barley, they can also grow pulse, right? That's the lentils. So you'll start seeing, you'll start seeing a shift. That's why they're saying, hey, if you want to save money, eat lentils, right? Because they know that the farmers are going to put something in the ground to monetize it. Okay, and so you're going to see. Uh, you're going to see a shift to what I call the lower quality grains that in terms of what people like to eat. So we're going to shift down from corn to wheat, wheat to barley, barley to pulse. Okay. And then, um, then obviously if that doesn't work. We'll be eating bugs. Oh my gosh. What's the average person to do? Should they store food? Yeah. Hey, look, you know, um, obviously you live in the city, you know, you need to, you need to probably, Look, plan ahead. You know, I don't want to make this a prepper show, but you know, you need to have, um, you know, you need to have. If you know, obviously you're urban, you're probably screwed because you don't have the freezer space. Get it, get it in your garage, right? Get an extra freezer, invest in it, and get get four to six months worth of food in there. And the only reason being is that you want to be able to buy when things do go on sale because you get these temporary gluts, so that you can always buy at best prices instead of buying at half the prices. You know, that's number one. Number two, if you have a yard, um, I got a year's worth of rice already, and I I'm, and I have a I have a big patch for potatoes. I can grow my year's worth of potatoes. So you know, you do that, and and uh, you know, you learn that, and also get on a keto diet so you can just eat more vegetables. <laughs> that's <laughs> not listen. If there's an upside to it, we've had this discussion in our home um, about this, but uh, I will never eat bugs. No, no, neither would I. I think that's. I think they enjoy. I think they enjoy tormenting and trolling us. I really do. And I think until the until somebody takes a whack at their family, you know, when people just get start getting desperate. And so, um, you know, but those guys, I think that they, they enjoy trolling us. I mean, look, you know, it's you know, it used to be let them eat cake, and now it's let them eat lentils, right? <laughs> I know. I hear you. It is funny until you think about it becomes our reality. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's that. So we're going to – it's going to be – look, the United States is going to become – I used to say inconvenience. Now we're, we're pushing past inconvenience now because we're getting a hit with a double whammy, right? So, you, you know, you got food and you got energy hitting you, right? So um, uh, I think now it's, it's, it, it's going to become real. 
And the ironic thing about it is, you know, you'll shift, you'll you'll put the money you have to into your car to get to work, and you'll put money into your belly to eat. But it's all the other what I would call the, the non-demand services, the non-staple services, you know, the nice-to-have stuff. That part of our economy is going to suffer greatly. It's going to go back to those things used to be for the elites. They're going to go back to the elites, right? You know, if you if you can barely eat, right? You know, you're not going to get your your nails done. You're not going to you know, go out to eat with your family. You're not going to get a massage. You're not going to go to the chiropractor, right? Your kids aren't going to be doing private coaching. You know, all that stuff's going to die away. And the sad thing about it for the United States, that's that's like. 25 to 30 percent of our economy what i would call non-essential services and and uh that includes the travel industry and and i call it augmented medical industry and you know uh, personal parents industry you know all those things all those things go away we at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time yeah i i hear what you're saying so let, let me take this back to what you do for a living and and uh because i know you always put your money where your mouth is um how does this affect like how people handle their money where they invest how can they take advantage of a bad situation and you know turn it into a silver lining Yes, yeah, so um, uh, you know, people are listening. You and I for the last eighteen months, they should have already shifted from financial assets to hard assets, right? And I'm not talking gold and silver. I'm talking about the commodity space. So right now, I say we're probably in inning four, four and five. So we're um, we, we've been looking at. Obviously, we're looking at. Um, Anything on the renewable side, because we know that's where the administration in the world wants to go now. Because these people are these people are very simplistic. Okay, so they. Uh, uh, I these are notifications from my system. The market must be going crazy, and um, they have. Um, uh, they're going to try to take advantage of this Russia thing. So, you know, we're big in uranium. We're big in lithium. We're big in cobalt. 
you know, we're, we're, we're big in those aspects of the commodity markets. And so, uh, and we've been killing it. And, and today, three days ago, I told people to get into Lithium America. And our other focus is people need to understand you need to buy close to home because the export markets are going to dry up, not just for food, but for everything. So, you know, the, we're looking at companies that are in the United States. Like we've been in this thing called Quad U for Uranium since 250 We just did our second trade on it. Now it's back up to $10. Okay. Uh, we killed that trade. Uh, lithium America is a lithium company. We got into it. It's up $5 since we got into it just on Monday. And, um, and so we're also in, uh, in CCJ, Canadian miner. We just closed our fertilizer play. We got it from 18 to $63. So we're putting Ooh. people in these trades where you can, what, what we call it, outrun inflation. You, you, you know, you heard my tired old story about the, you know, the two guys walking in the woods and a bear comes up behind him and the guy sits down, starts putting on sneakers. He said, what are you doing? You cannot run the bear. He goes, I don't have to. Does that outrun you? And that's what, that's how we have to think. We can't we can't beat these guys. We can't change them, you know, unless you're an extraordinary individual, right? But we can outrun inflation, and and that's that's what we're trying to do, and how to show people to do it at at Trade Genius. That's the trade for the next twelve months before the wheels come off the Apple Cart trade in 2023. And we'll explain how that works too. Yeah, we'll get to that. I, w- I definitely want to hit that later, but right now we got to deal with a monster that's in front of us. But I wanted to read to you something here that you shared with me, and I think it's really appropriate. It's from a gentleman named Greg, and he said um, when he was investing with you guys, and this is your attempt to outrun inflation. I think um, first on bar- boarding call was March fourth of this year. His first option trade. On 321 was 1170 investment, 325 return in the first hour, 27% return in one hour. Texas is going to be short one plumber soon. I thought that was great. I love this. Then this guy, gentleman uh, named Tamir, I've been with Trade Genius for four years. The education alone is worth the price. Profits made trading are just the gravy on top. Uh, Just praise you guys for keeping people on top of things. So there are opportunities here for people to really outrun inflation, right? You just have to produce more income than the inflation rate. But, Bob, I want to deal with something with you, and it has to do with the inflation rate. Um, I've done a fair amount of studying on this. The government has admitted 7.9%, which is exorbitant, but that's not what it is. When you use the CPI uh, criteria from 1982, it's in the 16s. Yeah, and it's actually closer to 20%. You know how I know really? it? Congress gives themselves a 20% raise. That's how I know it's 20%. <laughs> no, I think you're right. And then you you said something once that really resonated with me. You said one of the best benchmarks of what the inflation rate is is to look at rent. How's that doing? Yep, same. Yep, that's my frame frame of reference. You know, uh, I always look at the annual increase in rent as the uh, as a tool. Because look, those are the most connected people, right? And you know, that's where BlackRock's investing. So that you know, so and, and look, they keep buying homes because they know they can keep getting rental prices up, right? And um, and so you know, obviously they buy a fixed asset and then they want to inflate it so that you make money uh, owning something that you have a fixed co- relative fixed cost on, right? Mm-hmm. And you um, uh, then you they outrun inflation by buying property and then start charging increasing amounts of rents every year. So. Uh, Last year was I think it was fifteen point five percent. So you know I always say we had a fifteen sixteen percent inflation rate. Congress came out and they gave themselves twenty percent. You know so I think we expect to see inflation continue to rise. Okay and look when oil is up over one hundred and fifty percent in eighteen months. Okay that's that's just a natural lift for inflation too. And this bullshit about uh, 7.7% is, I mean, it boggles the mind. They, they truly believe we're idiots. They, they do. I agree. They truly believe we're idiots. And, uh, and you know, I understand that, look, if you own your own home, right, and you own your own car, okay, your inflation rate is lower than somebody who's renting and leasing, okay? Uh, but that's very few people. And then look, all the people on fixed income, they're, they're getting absolutely crushed right now. 
you know, because Medicare costs go up. I think we had the largest Medicare increase year over year last year. Don't hold me to that because I'm not at that age yet. That's what I heard. <laughs> That's, I, I laugh at this because we're just the victims of our own stupidity. I wanted to go back to something you just said, though. You said that... Um, the international exports are going to go to next to nothing. So are you talking about the Baltic dry index measure where that measures trade around the world? Are you saying that's what's going to really dip tremendously? Well, Baltic dry index, I think it measures the cost of the stuff that's being delivered. But shipping rates continue to rise because the uh, the tonnage available is less than the, the shipping that is being reduced. Okay, so we still have a deficit. Uh, we, we own this company called Zim, personally. Okay, it's an Israeli shipping company. They just paid, it's a stock that trades for, I'm looking at it right now. So it was trading at 90 bucks, and they just paid a $17, $17 quarterly dividend, Dave. <laughs> wow. Okay, and so it dropped $17, right? That's what normally happens when you do a dividend. It's only down $10 now. So people are already bidding this thing back up to get a hold of the next dividend because people are desperate. That's the shipping industry. They're, they're, they're making so much money right now. They're not investing in new shipping because you're an idiot if you want to increase capacity, right? Sure. You want to milk this thing until the end. And so the shipping companies have been just doing incredible business. And, and because they're, they're pulling tonnage off at the same time, China and the United States are re- restricting access to their, their ports. China through their pandemic, whatever they want to, whatever they're doing over there. And the United States, because the Green New Deal crap in California and the West Coast, they're blocking uh, trucks that don't meet the emission standards from being able to lift those loads off and get them out into the countryside. So, but they may have their comeuppance because um, Asia has shifted, measurably shifted their routing now to the ports in Florida, Texas, and South Carolina, and probably New York. You know, so but mostly the southern states, they're going to get massive, massive amount of tonnage coming directly to the East Coast. And so these 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 shipping out here in the Pacific, they, all they're doing is they're routing the, they're routing them straight through the Panama Canal now, or they're even coming all the way across through the Suez Canal, Dave. So people are already reacting to the Pacific the Pacific coast trying to restrict for the truckers, and they're going they're they're going directly to the East Coast now. I just read it yesterday, and Florida, you know, DeSantis is like, bring it on. We'll do whatever we need to do to expand capacity to meet the need. So once again, DeSantis is leading. A governor doing something. is sleeping. Yeah. What's is it because? Well, the West Coast governors. When you look at Brown, Ennis, and um, Newsom, they're a joke. I mean, leadership is absolutely lacking with these people. Is this why there's shifts going on because they're not getting local cooperation? Yeah. So look, they, you have to understand about the West Coast. It's it's the we're already rich and we have ours. You know, it's a it's a super NIMBY here. So these people, they don't want any people around anymore. They have their homes, right? They 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 want the pristine environment, right? And so they don't want to be bothered with with dirty industries. They don't want to be bothered with dirty energy production. They don't want to be bothered with dirty trucks moving stuff across the country. So they just they just make it impossible for those businesses to survive because that's not how these people make their money, okay? They make their money in all the clean industries. And so, um, it, but it causes great consternation for the rest of the United States. And so, so yeah, so that's how they are. Look, you know, Oregon would like to turn themselves into a national park, right? You know, uh, <laughs> you're right. Long, yeah. So, you know, look, as long as you notice Newsom, you don't, they don't screw with the vineyards, right? So, uh, but they screw with, you know, if you want to make steel here or you want to press steel, stainless steel, you know, they just, they just jump you through hoops. Right to do that kind of stuff, but you know, uh, but no problem. Hey, you have vineyard workers that they can all work for twenty dollars an hour, right? Make nothing, and while I'm sit there selling my four hundred dollar bottle of wine to each other. I hear you. So that's that's their mentality out here in California and the West Coast. So they don't care until their businesses start to dry up. So it doesn't matter if you can't get something as long as they can get theirs. 
yesterday we were uh, I was down in Dallas for a conference and we were on our way back to the airport and my wife and I drove by a Tesla plant yeah and I, and I said to her there's the manifestation of the failure of Newsom yeah it just it was absolutely incredible to look at that and the relocation of Tesla to Texas and uh, you know are they going to continue because here's what they're doing they're eroding their industrial base they're eroding their tax base by doing this as well and they're killing jobs Um, are they deliberately trying to run people out of the west coast Uh, well I don't you know look it if 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 you're if you're leftist right and you can chase her out more right right wing people to Texas, it just makes your politics easier to maintain, right? So um, and then if you're bringing a lot more poor people that need you, that helps you maintain your. So yeah, from a strategy standpoint, they're doing exactly what they. Hey, if population goes down a couple percent, hey, we don't care, you know. Um, you got to understand California here. You know, it's all about the. It's it's all about the lifestyle now, okay? So, but I will tell you though, they're bailing out of San Francisco like the plague. Yes. So I know that because they're all coming into my neighborhood. I just remind them that remember the reason why you want to come here is because you're running away from the things that you voted for up there. Don't bring it here. You know. God, you know this is the biggest complaint. I spent time with one of my broadcast partners, Doug Thornton, when I was in Dallas. He's in the Fort Worth area. And he told me, he says, our biggest problem are the people coming from California. They're fleeing nonsense, but they're bringing more nonsense with them. Yeah, yeah, and that's what happens. These, you know, they, they ruined Colorado, they ruined Washington, they ruined Oregon, and now these people are going to head and they're going to probably ruin Arizona. They are. They already are ruining Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, there's no question they're ruining Arizona. In fact, we see it. It's endemic in our leadership now, too. The pollution has reached all the way to the top. It's from the county clerks to the county supervisors to the governor. They're all... They, we may as well call ourselves a, a West Coast state because that's what we've become. Um, I, you know what you're reminding me of when you're talking about this? Is an older concept that's several years old. But you're saying, we've got ours, we don't care what you want, take your business, get the hell out of here, and take your conservatives with you. Um, This reminds me of the CalExit movement, in which California was actually planning to become its own country under the direction of Eric Holder. He was leading the movement. And uh, California state government, the, the Democrats were behind this. They even opened an embassy in Moscow. I kid you not, I actually covered this, took pictures of it. And And when we look at this, it's almost like they would prefer to break away from the United States. I mean, do you feel that way too? Yeah, but I don't think that. Yeah, you know, and I think that's a fantasy. Just like Texas leaving, it's not, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, you know, the West Coast is strategic to the United States. They're not going to let them become their own country and allow China or Russia or anybody else to, to get their their mitts into this hemisphere. Yeah, so good point. That's a good they, point. They'll 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 secede from the union and then. And then they'll be invaded, right? Because all all all, all the West Coast uh, military bases are out here in California and Washington, and no way they're going to cede that. Um, but what I will say is, I think the three Canadian provinces in the middle will probably become part of the United States before I die. You know, it's interesting you'd say that. Um, I had a Canadian tell me that at the conference I was at. He said exactly the same thing. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. And his business? Oil. Yeah, and I think I think Canada has a, the provinces have a little bit different amalgamation. In the United States, we made it pretty clear you can't leave, right? We'll we'll go to, we'll go to war with you. Um, so, but I think the um, I think the Canadian provinces, because look, I think wasn't it Quebec that tried to secede a couple times, and they they uh, but those, those three provinces, those three, you know, we're talking about Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. Uh, if, if those three leave, then Canada's really no more, right? They might as well all become Americans because they, um, uh, 
that's that's where everything's produced in those three on those three and you know other than Vancouver the rest of British Columbia and the Yukon would probably succeed as well no I don't, don't disagree with you but uh, Trudeau's allowed his west coast to become dominated by China so um, you know I, I guess where there's a vacuum China might move in I wanted to ask you too about something we talked about before we came on air and it's Yemen and, and I'm going to explain my understanding and let you correct me but I can't believe people don't look at the facts and arrive at the same conclusion I have. You've got Russia that has to be considered an enemy now to the United States. Absolutely an enemy. All right. They're negotiating a deal with the biggest terrorist nation on earth, Iran, to bring us oil that we refuse to produce for ourselves and we're more than capable. And now, um, even though that's slowed down, we have Iranian mercenaries, they're using the Houthis to attack Saudi Arabian interests in oil that's going to flatten oil production and thus increase prices to the United States on, on existing imports or exports. Can I'm confused. I feel like going... I mean, can you explain this to us? You know, it's funny. You, you mentioned that to me before the show, and, and uh, normally I'm a good dot connector, and I, I, I haven't even got that far in my creativity. But yeah, it seems like they're, they're doing it on one hand, and they're, and they're going to take it away on the other hand. And here's the other weird thing. You know, the Saudis basically told Biden to pound sand when they asked them to increase production. Yeah. And then this week they're sending over um, Patriot missiles to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so I have no idea. I just have no idea uh, what, what's going on with this stuff. It's just, it's, it's not 3D chess. I think it's, ch- it's, it's checkers being played by drunk people. Yeah, it's 3D special ed. I mean, that's how I see this. I mean, I, I, I can go through this with, um, I, I mean, I played a clip of Kamala Harris this morning talking about high-speed Internet, and she kept repeating the same phrase four times, the significance of this in our time. The, and I'm thinking, but she didn't say anything. It's kind of like Russia's a big country. Ukraine's a small country, and a big country shouldn't attack a small country. This is the illogic we're getting from this administration, and this question I've asked with Yemen, uh, the Houthi mercenaries, um, it it fits into this, and we're we're sending Saudi Arabia missiles? Are you kidding me? Well, you know what it is. she's, She's absolutely a product of our educational system. But, you know, seriously, though, she's talking that way because that's how she views her audience. Literally, you know, um, you know, Trump kind of did it too. You know that stupid baby talk. You know, and uh, but you know, Trump gets away with it because he's funny. You know, um, she doesn't get away with it because she's not funny. And uh, you know, because you know, Trump will go China. You know, everybody starts laughing. You know, because he's mocking them. Where she'll, you know, she'll try to create the same kind of analogy, and it just goes off, goes flat. You know, you know. And I know she invited Ukraine into she into NATO. I guess I guess you know we we didn't know that, but she she knew that, and you know. But yeah, she's, she, that would be scary. That's why Biden's not going to get. That's why Biden is not going to get uh, um, impeached because he he did job security. That was the first thing he did. He protected his flank. You're, by you're right. That's like the head coach that hires an incompetent assistant, so you don't dare fire him during the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen actually seen that happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a coach from the Denver Nuggets, Doug Moe, who's really a good coach, a good guy. He hired the head of a sporting goods store <laughs> to be his assistant, and, and we all laughed about it. And that's exactly what he. I mean, that's terrible. You think about okay, we should impeach Biden over the border. That's criminal negligence. What's going on? And it's facilitating other crimes. No question, he's vulnerable to impeachment there, but. Who are you going to put in? Someone who just talks in word salads? Yeah, I would. Um, I would actually still do it just to, so the American people could see the uh, the level of competence that the Democratic Party can possess. <laughs> um, but at what price? Well, I, I think we're already paying the price. Look, we're not running the country anyway anymore. It's obviously uh, they're getting their they're getting their talking points from someone. So. 
No, they are. I, I hear you. It's uh, yeah. I, I did a podcast on this last night where I, I said uh, effectively um, we have a, a, not just a leadership crisis in America. We have a world leadership crisis, and it's all coming from pretty much the same place. Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, you know, my whole view on this is that um, this goes back to the uh, to the French Revolution, where the aristocracy of Europe. Uh, was pissed that they lost America, and uh, and ever since they've been looking for ways to to loop us in. You know, they they uh, England tried to separate the country, create a civil war. You know, the French came in on the side of the North. You know, and then you have the Spanish American War, right? Then they had the false flag with the Maine. Then you have World War One. You have Federal Reserve being created, Lusitania, another false flag getting us into World War One. Then you have, you know, uh, uh, World War Two, right? So we were going to engage in World War Two, and and then Roosevelt was desperate because he's a globalist to get us into World War Two. So they false flag Pearl Harbor. You know, we saw those planes coming. We put a guy who never operated a radar system in charge of the day the attack was supposed to happen. Yeah, I know. We know that. Okay, so, I mean, you know, you, know, you look at these things, you know, and you, you, do, you don't want to believe it, But and then look, and then Korea's a different animal. Uh, Vietnam, we had the uh, Pueblo. I mean, I mean, Iraq, we had weapons of mass destruction. We have 9-11 to get, you know, I mean, just goes on and on and on and on. These are, these are very conspiratorial events because the American people, I think their ilk is to isolate. And the Europeans keep having to drag us into these wars because, you know, what people don't realize, we subsidize Europe. So we subsidize Europe's defense. We subsidize Europe's pharmaceutical industry. Do you know, United States, we pay so much more for pharmaceuticals because we have more of a free market for that, where Europe says they don't count any of your R&D spending as cost. They only say, hey, it costs you two cents to make that pill. You can only pay. You can only sell it for three, right? Doesn't matter. If you spend six billion dollars in R and D on it, right? That's America's problem. So that's why all these com- countries dump their pharmaceuticals onto the U.S. But when it goes to Europe and Canada, that's why we says, "Oh, they're, they're they're doing something right." No, we're subsidizing it. It should be America should get best pricing. So we subsidize that. The way they construct their their social uh, taxation. We do it through FICA, through payroll. They do it through other taxation, through that. So our stuff comes over, it gets vatted, right? Their stuff comes over, it doesn't get vatted. So their stuff's cheaper. It's just, I can go on and on and on. Europe is a, is a, is a continent with no resources, and it's still acting as a colonist, right? As not a, as a colonizer. And they have, they just, they developed this beautiful trap for America. And we continue to be their mercenaries. And we continue to subsidize them with our resources, and we're doing it again. We're sending troops over there again. We're sending our our, our cheap energy over to them again, and and they continue to lecture us on their superiority, you know. And and so I go back to the old royalty. It, it doesn't it doesn't change. We're still we're still a colony of Europe. Well, you know, but we hold the power. So how do you get yourself reduced to being a colony? Well, because the, our, our kings are the vassals. Okay? Look, we had a king that came up, right? His name was Trump, right? And look what they did to him. He, he, didn't know, he no longer wanted to be a colonist, right? And they did, I mean, the moment, the moment he decided to, 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 to be uh, engaged, he, he was attacked. And the minute he got elected, they immediately developed a... The system which to remove him from power. That's true. I agree. Okay. They, they did. Yeah, I think eventually they'll lose. I think Europe's in big trouble. I don't think Europe's going to survive this intact. Okay, you know, I mean, they they um, look. Europe can't survive without the United States, and, and and I think the American people are changing. This new generation's different. Okay, I call it the Bitcoin stock line. Right, when you get to be like thirty five or forty, these kids are buying. Cryptos are not buying stocks. I see because I'm in the business, right? So we see what they're interested in. They hate the government. They hate it. They don't see any value to the government whatsoever. They see the government, and I know this because I have one at home. Okay, they see the government as is protecting the boomers at their expense. 
So the next civil war is going to be an age civil war. These kids are going to dismantle these institutions. They're desperate. That's why they're so desperate to get into these schools and 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 to preach the stuff they're preaching. But it falls on deaf ears. These kids are indifferent to this stuff because they have their own outlet now. They talk to each other on social media. Okay, it's really fascinating. So, I mean, my daughter comes home and she'll just say, "Hey, Dad, what do you think of this? I heard this today. Do they think we're stupid? You know?" And and I just laugh, you know. And I wouldn't call my daughter a rock rib conservative Republican. Okay, she but she definitely leans what I call left libertarian, and that should scare the bejesus out of the elites because these kids don't want to be controlled and they want to be left alone and that's my hope for the country I think there's a lot of merit in that position you know here's what we look at here I mean you know good leadership is the is being a good servant model we have everything but that Biden and I'll just give you one example of what I'm talking about it was just announced yesterday that we were spending 316 million dollars a year on illegal alien health care while we have millions of Americans that are underinsured. Uh, they don't care about us. If they cared about us, they'd produce domestic oil. They care about their little agenda. They don't care if you can afford to drive to work, put enough food on your table. They don't care about anything to do with America, and that's this administration. And I think this is what your daughter's seeing. And the thing is, is I'm a lot older than your daughter, and I agree with her. Yeah, yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I, I see the change coming, um, and you know, and we're, we're going to have to look. I call it peak centralization. You know, it's going to start with the trades, right, and then it's going to go into the country, and you're going to see things getting back to closer. The producer and the consumers are going to get a lot closer together than they used to be. You know, I was talking to one of my wife's clients. He owns a um, a, uh, a stainless steel fabrication company. And I asked him, I said, you getting any shortages? He goes, Not, nothing on the big stuff. I get all that stuff in, you know, the stale steel, stainless steel and stuff like that. He said, so I said, what's, what's in short supply? He goes, the nickel stuff, basically the small, the little small cheap components. He said, that stuff has to come from China, Mexico. I said, why don't we produce it here? He goes, you think we could? I said, would you pay more for it? He goes, yeah, it's like 3% of my, of my manufacturing, if they would produce it here, I'd pay a little more for it. Mm-hmm. I said, "Why don't they?" He said, "Because they can get away. The people that own those companies can get away with a lot more than just cheaper labor." Okay, so there's people being bought off and this and other things. So they, it's easier for them to, to produce this stuff outside the country, Mexico, China, etc. And and so, um, but at some point, when you can't get the stuff in at all, which I think is going to happen, David, in the next two or three years. Uh, you're going to see a lot of this stuff on board back into the United States. Yeah, I've been waiting for that, Bob. And that you're making such a good point here. But I see this administration, again, being antithetical to that concept. Yeah, I think they're going to be forced into it because we'll literally not be able to get parts. And I think China's going to do something. I think, like, Russia overplayed their hand here with Ukraine. The Russians got goaded into that war, and they fell for it. Um uh, China's going to get they're, they're going to get goaded into making a mistake too. They're going to you know they've already like restricted like hey I'm, we're going to restrict uh, the exports of of um, rare earths, but now you know they're going to do something like restrict it like pharmaceuticals and then all of a sudden the United States people you know we're we're a country of hypochondriacs people will just go absolutely nuts you know they're going to do something stupid along those lines and they're going to force the Biden administration's hands and say, okay, you, we have to onboard these critical supplies to the United States. And I think that's, I think it's going to take an event with these guys. They're very reactionary. It's so funny. They call Republicans reactionary. These people will not react, react on anything that's not in their core narrow agenda unless they're being forced into it. Exactly. And I think they're going to get forced into that. Yeah, like just with the domestic production of oil, all we hear are these little cereal box sayings, oh, we've moved beyond that point. We've moved beyond that point. Yeah, you've moved beyond the point where you're impoverishing America. But um, the, the other thing that I, I really find interesting here is the political revolution, and I wanted to bring this back to the financial market, but let's start with the politics. Um, I can't remember, I think it was South Carolina. 
you had a Republican incumbent, and I've been calling for this, dump most of the Republican incumbents, particularly when you know they're a rhino. This just happened uh, in the polling in South Carolina. They're saying this one guy is an upstart, is going to defeat the um, incumbent, and he's got a 20-point lead. And the Democrats are taking a beating. And and then I'll point to this case in in Houston. Ten judges up for re-election in a Democratic primary. In a Democratic primary. Democrats voting on Democrats, and all ten got rejected. Yeah, look, I think I, th- I think there's a, 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 a definitely a red wave coming that I think it's going to overwhelm people. Did you see the the shift in the polling data in Hispanics? It's, it's a 19 percent swing from yeah, Democrat to Republican. So, I mean, look, the Rio Grande Valley is is electing Republicans for the first time ever. Now, it might be a Hispanic version of Republicanism, but they're not Democrats. Okay. Well, they're appreciating free enterprise because isn't one of the fastest growing entrepreneurial groups in America basically Hispanic based? Yeah. Yeah. Look, that's their last hope. And I think that's why they've been doubling down on critical race theory and not arresting uh, people in the urban areas. They're trying to they're trying to keep as much of the black vote as they can muster because they've they've lost the white woman and they're losing the Hispanic man. I don't know if the Hispanic woman's coming, but I know the Hispanic man and I know the white woman is left. Okay. Yeah. Well, they killed the the well the I, I call it the soccer mom group, but we're talking about the same. Yeah. yeah the the SUV woman at the school board meeting. Yeah, and look, we're not being misogynistic. We're breaking it down by filter here, like like the Democrats do. Yeah. So exactly. Um, so that look that 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 demographic cost Trump even with the cheating. If he would have kept that base, he would he would have overwhelmed any cheating. So um, because he was he, he was crass. Yeah, I, and, yeah, and, I know now, he, he offended the women, but yep. now they're realizing, gee, in the good old days. But you know, it was like the, it's the mama bear concept. This, see, this is what Garland, you know, and this is Biden yep. too. But Garland, the attorney general, didn't realize he, when he declared people to be domestic terrorists who go to school board meetings and fight for their kids. Yep. Um, he right there just said to all the moms in America, "Screw you! We don't care what you think." Yeah, yeah, he went after mama bear and you know the tiger mom and and you know. Um, you don't you don't screw with with mother with children. I mean, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's that's the law of nature, and they did it three ways at all at the same time. And so, uh, I don't think people forget. You know, I saw a T-shirt said, "I'll take mean tweets. <laughs> I'll take I'll take mean tweets any day now, sir." <laughs> no, I I no, you're exactly right. So let's take this and let's. Uh, I want the time we have left. I want to translate this into some economic action that you're looking at with trade genius and saying okay how are you going to take advantage of these trends and monetize them and outrun inflation yeah so we we don't have to change course right now so we're we're in the fast lane and it's going to run like this now for the next couple months so you know um and i'll give people the trades you know you, you buy lac you buy hecla which is a silver miner you buy uu uu you buy the uranium company um, you know, you uh, fertilizer has really run its course right now, so you probably have to back up on that. Uh, oils probably run its course. There's going to be money to be made, but not like it was before. So, um, you know, you look at that those trades, and then um, uh, you know, on the gold side, you know, you like company like EGO, uh, CLR, and, and um, you know, shipping companies like Dividend, ZIM. Those things, those things will all do you well. You, you know, we're having our last hurrah here. The, the big bear market rally here coming off this uh, Fed announcement. He's going to raise rates in May 50, 50 basis points. They'll kill the stock market on the third rate increase. Okay, so but you want to be in these things because those things are going to outrun inflation and they're going to outrun uh, the Federal Reserve. They can't keep up until they cause a market crash. And so, so that's where you want to be over the next three to four months. And then there's some things you want to short, but you can do through ETFs, but you'll have to join my service and I'll give you more detail because it's too hard to explain in one minute. Well, tell me what ETS is. So I can ETF. Be- Those are exchange traded. Oh, okay. Okay. I misunderstood you. Yeah. It's the, I, best, I, way to, it's the best way to short the markets. Okay. That, well, that's, I think that's really good. But I, I, I'm wondering, let me ask you about a practicality here. Um, would you advise people right now to minimize their cash exposure in the bank and 
get it down to management uh, with your with your bills, but not have it be a place where you house your money. You know, I think in the United States you're 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 you're, you're okay for now. Um, so they they can't pull what they did with Canada and mass like uh, in the United States. It has to be like individualized. So. But, you know, here's the problem you have. I mean, look, people are in the horns of a dilemma right now because, you know, if you keep too much cash in the bank, you're you're losing money to inflation, right? Yeah. You have to, you know, but you don't want to be in the markets either. So, and you can't put it in the bond markets now because, number one, you're not getting any return. But, number two, the bond markets are selling off too. We're getting the worst of both worlds coming, Dave. The bond market's going to sell off and the stock market's going to sell off. So, you're going to be forced into cash. So uh, you're going to have to hold your nose, okay? And you're going to have to keep it in the bank. And, and uh, you know, unless you want to take cash out and put it in your mattress, but, you know, that's a whole other set of risks, right? But there's no other asset you can convert it into. Uh, you know, if you really like Bitcoin, you know, you need to put some in Bitcoin, right? You need to put some in physical. But, but uh, you know, if you get a farm, right, that produces, you might want to put it into that. But for me, if you said, Bob, you couldn't put it in the bank, where would you put it? I would put it in the highest dividend-paying stocks there are, okay? Um, if you, have, you know, if I can't, if you said I couldn't keep it in the bank, I have to have it invested somewhere, it would be in, in stocks that have high dividend yields. So oil, probably oil producers, uh, you know, anything that's producing a commodity right now, and even food companies like Kroger and things like that, anything that produces a dividend, to help you, uh, up, it, the company grows through inflation, but the dividend grows with you too. So that's what I would do. At so, what point does a gallon of gas cost too much to where the economy implodes? Well, you know, there's a rule of thumb. It's if once you're four percent, once energy expenses four percent or greater of GDP, it causes a recession. I haven't done the math yet, so I don't know where exactly that is. But um, I will tell you, though, if you get gas to $7 a gallon in California, people aren't going to work. Interesting. And so then your labor shortage really becomes acute. Yeah. So, I mean, service some service jobs can work from home, but anything customer-facing, you know, and, and, and those are the cheapest jobs, you know. Um, I Restaurants will go out of business, you know. Uh, manufacturers will have to jam prices because they have to pay for fuel fuel surcharges to their employees to come to work. But yeah, so I just was talking to somebody the other day, you know, you have a big F four fifty you know truck and you're a contractor, what's well, costing you hundred and seventy dollars a week to fill your you know to fill your truck. Okay? Yeah. And if not more. You know, so and that that's that that was that that was that oil uh, gasoline that was just getting the six dollars, five eighty. If it gets to seven dollars, you're talking filling your tank for Two hundred fifty dollars a week to thousand dollars. The average American, the average American only makes seven thousand dollars a month. Okay, that's the median income for a family of four. And fourteen percent of it's going just to the gas tank. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, Bob. In the time we have left, though, because you're you're kind of leading people out of the wilderness here into investments that make some sense, and I wanted to give credit to that. You've got um, a special going on here that we looked at. We looked at some of the attaboys early in the show. Um, so you've got a deal going on here where people can join what you do, and tell tell them how they can do that here. We got about um, forty five seconds. Yeah, tradelegagenius.com. We have seven specials running, 65% off. Our lowest prices of the year. So there's some anomalies in our, our pricing that we're going to change upward in April back to normal. So if you want to get the deal of the century, you better grab it before the end of the month. And actually for you, it's going to be the 26th of March. Exactly. And if you want to buy anything in the store individually, 35% off. Uh, use promo code SPRING and you get it. But actually we have killer deals right now. And, you know... Uh, we're helping making people money nearly every day in the markets right now. It's really well, you it's are. very clear right now where, where the money's going, and we're riding a truck right through it. So you get 35% off the non-bundled items with the coupon code SPRING, and that's only good till this um, Saturday night at midnight, ladies and gentlemen. I'd encourage you to do it because if you're looking for a way to outrun inflation, well, we just gave you the way right here, and uh, we'll have more information when we post this interview to our website as well, too. Bob, thanks for joining us. Very, very informative today with a lot going on. 
No, thanks for having me, Dave, and have a great one. You too. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.